and welcome to another new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Talking to you, as always, from the from the head table chair over here is uh, Austin Huff, Goshen News Sports Editor. Evan Leepak, fresh off of a plane, like less than an hour ago, Goshen News Sports Reporter. Evan, how are you? How are actually are you feeling? Because like I'm running on um, three hours of sleep. <clears throat> so I mean, I'm doing pretty well. That, I, all things can is, all things considered. That? I mean, whose fault is that? It's been a busy last few days. It's been crazy. Busy last few I, days, uh, doing nothing. I got. Yeah, it's great. I fell into that whole uh, Southwest <laughs> cancellation <laughs> I BS over the entire weekend. It's horrible. Gen- genuinely felt bad for you. Like I'm, I was bad enough. I was sitting there watching Goshen play Plymouth in football, but then I, you were texting me all these updates, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like the worst night ever. Yeah. yeah. Took me uh, four hours to get my luggage after my flight got canceled, and I didn't get back home till like 5 a.m., so I've had better Friday nights, to say the least. <laughs> Have you had worse Friday nights? That's really the question. I don't, it might I don't be think so. Yeah. I think that's up there for yeah. sure. Well, uh, we're going to introduce our guests, but they're not going to talk for like another 30 minutes. They can say hi, I guess, here at this point. Um, once we get through all this prep stuff, we're going to go into a deeper dive of Notre Dame football, and we've, we figured we'd bring on a couple of experts uh, from the Blue and Gold Illustrated, Rivals website, magazine, you know their content. They're like the best in the biz out there. Uh, Patrick Angle and Tyler Horka. Patrick, Tyler, hello. What's going on, Austin? Thanks for having us. That's Patrick, by the way, speaking, and then Tyler can speak now, I guess. Experts and best in the biz. That's, mm. I don't know, that's high praise. Yes, it's very high praise. I mean, When you come from the Clarion Ledger. That's, yeah. that's all you can <laughs> that's say. That's the best of the best. <laughs> hey, Patrick has degrees from SMU and Northwestern. So like, yeah, he's got a master's degree. He's okay. freaking smart. Like, I went to this lowly Mizzou. I'm going to be, that, like, one of ten people watching Northwestern Rutgers this weekend. Yeah, like, willingly. Avert your eyes. Will, willingly watching it, yes. Um, well, you guys, you have to sit tight. we got to zip through a lot of prep stuff. Um, feel free to comment if you like any of the prep stuff. It's very exciting. Westview won everything. Uh, we're going to get to that. And, uh, yeah, so, Evan, I know you were kind of off this weekend, so this might be a refresher a little bit for you as well. You're going to refresh me on <laughs> all the stuff that happened. <laughs> uh, we have a tennis team going to state, Westview Boys Tennis, one that semi-state. They beat Mississinawa, Ole Miss, as they like to call them, call themselves, 4-1 to one in the semi-state. Uh, Westview going back to state for the second time in three seasons, and uh, they looked strong doing it. Elijah Hostetler at number two singles closed it out. Uh, Saturday morning, I was there in Fort Wayne at Homestead High School, and uh, Elijah looked good. Isaiah at one singles looked really good. Uh, their two doubles team picked up a nice, solid victory, and then was the one doubles team the team that lost. One doubles lost, and then the three the three singles they went to a third set, and instead of doing a full third set, they went to a super tiebreaker, which is like first to ten win by two, and that went sixteen fourteen. Wow. So they played a really tight third tiebreaker set thing. So Westview did win 4-1. And they didn't get past the quarterfinals in 2019, right? No, they ran into number two Columbus North that year, and Westview was unranked. So they, Westview, got, a, they got a good draw this year. The 2019 run for Westview was kind of a miracle run to an extent. Uh, this one a little bit more expected just based on where they were ranked, right, 16th. They were the favorite every round so far. And now they get to play number 12 Jasper uh, in the – State quarterfinals Friday, noon, Center Grove High School in Indy. Uh, should they win, they go to the semifinals on Saturday at Carmel High School, uh, semifinal 10 a.m. And should they make a miracle run and beyond that, the state final is 2 p.m. Saturday. So, also at Carmel. So, oh, they definitely have a reasonable shot to get past the quarterfinals. It, it's not a, entor- entirely improbable if they do that. That's, that's kind of where I sit right now. 
Um, I actually did interviews uh, Tuesday night with Isaiah and Elijah Hostetler, doing a little story on them being brothers, going to state. Both those guys were on the state team in 2019 as well, so they're the only two uh, carryovers or holdovers from that champ that that state qualifying team. So we'll have a little story about them in Thursday's paper and uh, online, of course, and whatever. I'm assuming you're covering that. You're, are you going? Why would to, I cover that? I'm not. I'm not going to be in the state at noon. On oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> so Am I covering we, it? Not on Friday, but Thanks. if they if they win Friday, you're going to have to go down to Carmel at 10 a.m. I'll so do it. You have I'll to go. leave. You have to leave Elkhart by like 7 a.m. You better switch your flight, man. Southwest. I don't know. Sketchy, man. I know. Man. I booked a Southwest flight. It's a little sketchy. In like August, now I'm nervous. Um, yeah, I mean, if they win Friday, that'd be cool. You know, it's a little monkey wrench in our coverage plans, but that's a good monkey wrench to have, right? A team going to the state semifinals. They would most likely play Zionsville, who's ranked seventh. Uh, Zionsville is playing an unranked team whose name escapes me at this point, but I know they're the only unranked team of the eight there. So hmm. Zionsville has a good chance to win there. The other half of the bracket was like the more loaded side, but Carmel number one and North Central number five and I think Columbus Thorpe's on that side, too, actually. So the the better teams, air quote, are on that side. Where, like, Westview could potentially pull two upsets, maybe, and, and make it. So we'll see. Uh, it wouldn't be surprised me if they won Friday. Saturday, eh, we'll see. But Friday would be kind of fun. The fighting um, fighting Tyler Millers. They're really yes, getting after the fighting it. Tyler Millers. There we go. Uh, it was a very successful weekend for the Westview Warriors school. Uh, girls soccer won a sectional championship as well. They beat Lakewood Park Christian 6 nothing in the final. Scored all th- six goals in like a 32-minute stretch from the end of the first half to the second half. Just really blitzed them. Carly Miller with a hat trick. Um, they now get to play uh, Argus tonight after this recording, basically. Uh, number eight, Westview, 14-2-4 against number five, Argus, 15-2-2. Uh, Wednesday night in the regional semifinal. Winner goes to the regional final Saturday at Westview High School at 4 p.m. Um, they're playing really well. Westview, obviously, is playing well. You saw them on Thursday. They or, just yes, when they played Elkhart Christian. Right through the sectional, no yeah. problem. They were out, they outscored everyone in the sectional by a combined 17-2. to two. Is that good? It's pretty solid. I would say that's pretty good. Um, I'd say part of it is uh, competition, but Lakewood Lakewood, Lakewood Park was ranked. Lakewood Park came in pretty solid. So Lakewood Park was ten one and one that, and ranked. That's 19th. a statement win, I would say. Yeah. To win the sectional final. So. Yeah. Um, so they will they get to play Argus like I mentioned, uh, and what's crazy about Westview like just looking at their stats, their top seven offensive players are all coming back next year. So yeah, like it's a really young team. That's, so if that's they like, if they lose tonight, even like. Man, that future and their goalie's a junior, so like their the future is incredibly bright. Like next year, they'll be back. You're gonna and they'll probably team, go further, right? You're gonna have a team on paper who might be a favorite to go to state in one A, at least get to the final. You know, Bree Bree Munoz has 29 goals, 11 assists as a freshman this year. Uh, Carly Miller as a sophomore, 15 goals, six assists. Paige Schwartz and Paige Riesecker, the two juniors, uh, nine and eight goals each. You know, like they're just. Loaded, like, and everyone's coming back, and their goalie's coming back, and like, man, I don't know how good their goalie is because she doesn't really get a lot of work back right, there. Right, but know? like, when she does, she <laughs> makes stops, you know. So it's yeah. not like they're get, it's not like they're in these like nine eight games, you know, or like five, six five games. Uh, when they played Argus a couple weeks ago, it was a two two draw. So Muno scored both goals, and then Argus had obviously two goals from different players. I wrote them down in my little recap, and I don't remember their names. Um, I apologize to the Argus <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> If we have any, but There's yeah, a, Westview, a token, a token Argus. Yeah, listener. yeah. 
but it should be a fun match. Like, I'm actually really excited to go out there and see it tonight. Uh, top 10 teams, you know, whoever wins this will have a really nice chance to win on Saturday uh, and then go to semi-state, and you never know from there. So we'll, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. Um, While it was a good weekend for Westview, it wasn't a great weekend for no. anyone else. Yeah, every other soccer. every other girls' soccer team from our area, their season ended. Uh, Goshen lost valiantly to Penn 4-0. They were just gassed. You could see it. Goshen girls, they had a great season, conference champs, maybe surprised some people. They have a lot of people coming back next year too, so like the, the cupboard isn't dry, you know, uh, or a cupboard isn't bare. Can a cupboard be dry? It is dry. If the cupboard's wet. Then I don't even really know what – a cupboard is it's technically like a drawer. it's like a, where you keep your you know like sugar and like okay and so like it's that. like in the kitchen right right that sounds right it's like a cabinet right yeah like, right the stuff that's above your kitchen cabinets. yeah tyler's got it yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> see that's tyler funny. can mention to talk a lot about our prep stuff right now we're talking about cupboards you know so mm, not patrick do you want to input on the cupboard debate i mean how <laughs> I was Did right. You really, I know what a cupboard was. I was right, right? <laughs> hey, this guy didn't this know. This thing that exists hey, in every the, house Pat, in the Pat, history Pat, of Pat, houses? Patrick didn't know who Tim Burton was on Monday. So, okay, like, this is, this is like, we, I mean, I'm just saying. Called uh, him out. A little deep cut right there yeah, for this. That's a good point. Everybody's got some vulnerability of <laughs> some? not knowing what something is. I don't know. Tim Burton from a can of paint. Evan's wow. never looked in a kitchen. <laughs> wow. One of those wow. is worse than to the other. To be fair, I thought maybe cupboard was for mine. clothing, too. No, I don't know. No, cupboard is Whatever. more like where you keep your food and stuff, man. Whatever. It's ridiculous. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Is it a pantry? Yeah, is sure, it another it word, is it another word for a pantry? Pantry is a synonymous word for cupboard, I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that sounds right. Um, yeah, oh. so all of our teams lost other than Westview Girls Soccer. <laughs> This has been this has been cupboard talk brought to you by the Ghost News, um, and and Blue and Gold Illustrated. Um, Northwood was in a sectional final to DeKalb, lost three two. Um, they and them and DeKalb have uh, interchanged uh, finalists appearance. Like those four team, those two teams have played in the last four sectional finals, and it's gone Northwood, DeKalb, Northwood, DeKalb. So so next year, next year, congratulations to Northwood, Northwood on winning the sectional yeah. next year over DeKalb. Uh, let's shift to the boys. We mentioned Westview girls winning, and the Westview boys also won a sectional title. 1-0 over Bethany Christian, Teague Meisner, a goal in the 76th minute, unassisted. Um, he's been a beast for them this year, 26 goals, 7 assists, leading the team in points. Um, and I, I think I said on this podcast last week that, like, if Bethany gets to the final against Westview, like, they're going to give them a game. Like, this – Bethany gets Bethany gets up to play Westview like in soccer in any sport really it is a rivalry um, and I you know yes Bethany had struggled all season but I felt confident they were going to give Westview everything they could handle and sure enough I mean it came down to a goal in the last five minutes of the game uh, for Westview to win and yeah that kudos to Bethany they won two sectional games had a rough regular season but they came into the sectional almost won. And uh, but Westview is the better team. They were ranked 16th in the polls the final season, and they should have won that game. They did. They got past it. They got past the scare. And now, as a 13 and five team, they get to host Caston in the regional semi on Thursday. Caston uh, nine six and one. So on paper again, Westview is a favorite here to win uh, the semifinal game at home too, which is nice. And then if they win that. They get to host the regional final on Saturday as well. So Westview could play their first four postseason games all at home, which is really nice. I mean, that's an incredible advantage in October, you know, to have that. Yeah, of course. Um, and have that home crowd, especially with a team like Caston. Caston's like a good hour and a half away from Topeka. So, like, that's a long drive. 
you wonder how many casting fans are going to go other than the parents, right? Like They're going to have that bus so fatigue. Westview, and Westview's going to have a huge crowd, you know, huge crowd. So uh, Westview is not the only boys team that won. West Noble boys also won sectional title. They kind of won it against Northwood on Wednesday, but then they had to actually officially beat Lakeland to do it on Saturday. Uh, no offense to the Lakers, but they struggled a little bit this year. They had one sub uh, for soccer on Saturday. I think that's awesome, though, because, you know, they lost to Northwood last year. Right. This is Henry Torres' senior year. Right. For them to keep winning, I mean, that, that's pretty cool mm-hmm. to see him get that far. Yeah, and this was a team that was 3-3, three and three, you know, uh, to start the season. They lost to Central Noble, which is a really, really bad loss. And they, like, just flipped a switch. Man, they're 15-4 and four now, so that's, you know, 12 out of 13 they've won. And they get to play a Bremen team who's playing really well right now. Bremen is 16-2-1. They just beat number – Six Mishawaka Marion and number twelve South Bend St. Joe in a sectional. Uh, Bremen was ranked sixteenth at the end of the year, so a uh, good team. That game was played Thursday at Mishawaka Marion. Uh, Bremen could not host the game. They were supposed to be the hosts, but the game is now moved to Mishawaka Marion. And the winner of that game plays in the regional final, also at Marion on Saturday at two. Something happened to uh, Bremen's field or something. I, from what I was told, they don't have lights, so oh. they can't play a night game. Um, so unless the game gets they could to, it'd be a it'd be an really interesting, interesting game. The second half would be a lot of fun. You wouldn't be able to see what was going on. Um, but if you had a neon ball, maybe it could work. Um, there you go. Pictures. Just pull up the uh, the cars and put the headlights on. Yeah, you know, that, like that, back in the day. That works, right? Yeah, like Field the Dreams almost. It's a good call. Yeah, uh, photos probably wouldn't look that great. No, and I think players but would be blinded, blinded. by yeah. you know, the car lights. <laughs> like when there's a at Goshen survival Heisen. of the fittest though. I'm telling you, this guy gets it. He should he should run the IHSCA, man. Let's just do it. Um, like when Goshen Goshen soccer field is like set up to where you can park your car on the outside and come in. Yeah. And there are sometimes where people leave their headlights on and they have to go like yell at them to turn their headlights off. I like, believe so. It. Yeah, like you know, hey, it's getting in the it's literally in the eyesight of the players trying to go right into the goal. Like you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So we got three really interesting regional semifinal games. Like. The girls won. Westview Argus is probably the best on paper. West Opal, Bremen just as good. Uh, Westview cast in the boys. Eh, I don't know, but like, it's a re- like everyone's. This is like this is the perfect time where every coach says everyone's playing well at this point. They're all in the regionals, right? Every yeah. team is good, right? So like, you're going to get three good games if you go to any of them, whether it be at Argus, Mishawaka, Marion, or, or Westview this this next 24 hours. So should be fun. Um, and then all of our other boys' teams lost, so we're down. There's still those two. Uh, Goshen had a tough loss to Penn in the region or sectional semifinal. Um, that 4A sectional, once again, just or 3A sectional, 3A sectional four, just once again, amazing. Elkhart and Penn played in the final. Elkhart scores late to force PKs. They win in PKs. Elkhart beats Penn. Just five great games once again over there at Goshen, and that's just. Once again, that sectional just every year, dramatics. Just fireworks and really good games, and yeah, that's fun. It's fun to see in um, Elkhart here for them. They get to play South Bend Adams now in the regional semi. So Elkhart's a team that can make a run to state. We'll mm-hmm. see. It'll be fun. They'll have to beat a team from the, from the region that's really good, whether it be Chesterton or uh, like Lake Central, one of those teams. So it'll be interesting. So uh, cross country? How about cross country? Cross uh, country. Our teams continue to be good. Yes. Which is good. No shock. Goshen boys, Northridge girls won sectional titles over at Oxbow. 
Uh, I don't know if you saw the ending or saw the pictures of the ending of the. I saw Russ Draper's mm. photos. Yeah, Drew is Drew is winning, but yep. then, then uh, Jack, Jack caught him Moore at the got end. him. Jack Moore won by point oh two seconds, fifteen thirty two point five six to fifteen thirty two point five eight. I bet in Drew, a cross country race, that's insane. Bet Drew Hogan was uh, pretty miffed. At the end there. Brandon Brandon Beachy had our had our photo for us and it looked like Drew's foot was on the line before Jack's. I don't know if he got the chest across the first. Head, his hair. Right, the hair the his hair, hair might have helped. Jack's forward. hair might have helped. Yeah. Um Yeah, crazy, crazy finish, but that's what you expect. So like they've had like four races at Oxbow this year. Hogan won the first one. Hogan won the second or uh yeah, Hogan won the first one, and then Cole Johnston won the NLC race. Yep. And and Hogan, so yeah, Hogan won. Sorry, I remembered the fourth one. I forgot what the fourth one was. Hogan won the NLC race, and then he won the uh, Concord Invitational race. Cole Johnston from Goshen then won the NLC, and then Jack Moore won the sectional. So you've had the top three. I mean, that's the top three runners. But they, in all our finished, area. they all finished. They like all finished like one, two, three, four right, in that they, area. They've all finished you know? top three in some capacity, and they've all won a race. Which is just awesome. So like the regional next week is going to be just as good, and then you throw Penn in the regional too. On top of that, it's going to be really fun, fun running on Saturday. Um, it's about as fun as <laughs> running is not very fun. It's about but. as fun as a cross country event can get. The the big cross country events are really fun. They actually are. The crowds show up. It sounds dumb, but like it's really exciting. Um, you get the Northwood student section with their wagon running around, and like it's it's crazy. But um, yeah, so. That'll be fun. And then on the girls' side, uh, Temi Bayless won her race. Uh, the girls for Northridge, sectional champion. So it's not tame. No, it's not tame. It's Temi. Temi Bayless. Okay. I looked it up because we have to say it later for something maybe. Is um, it spelled like uh, Impala? Is is it tame Impala? Tame, how do you say it? You know what I'm talking what? about, yeah, Tyler. it's tame Impala. It's tame Impala, right? Yeah, good band. So... It's actually just one guy making music, but he's, he's, he's really solid. <laughs> Pretty good at it. But it's spelled the same, so that's why I thought, you know, I thought I would say tame. But I made sure it's to not check, how you pronounce it. I made sure to check in with my expert, um, uh, Doug Springer, Northridge Girls basketball coach. Be like, can you actually say her name for me? Like, like spell it out phonetically. And he actually sent me an audio message with how you say her name, Temi. Awesome. Temi Bayless, because she plays basketball as well. Um, and I knew Doug would get back to me because he always gets back to me. It's good stuff. 24 20, seconds. One of them by 24 seconds. That's pretty impressive. Especially in a section. I'd say that's worthy of being nominated for Athlete of the Week. but I would say that's almost worthy of winning. I, stay tuned to see if she yeah. maybe won. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, tell me. And then, so, regional next week, you get the girls. That's where it gets more fun with Warsaw coming in, Penn coming in. Now Northridge can get really tested. There's not really a test on that sectional for them. That's why they've won three in a row, and they've won like 30 overall. Like there's really not usually a test. They're a great program. They've won, you know, at the highest levels. But like, yeah. So, okay. Uh, while everyone's kind of into regional mode now, uh, we are in sectional mode for volleyball. That starts up this week tomorrow, Thursday, for our area teams, and uh, we're gonna run through these matchups pretty quickly as quickly as we possibly can uh i will start it off with 4a evan you can take the 3a and the 1a we'll just alternate i'll do 4a and 2a you know no we don't we don't want these guys to say a class each. i mean we have four people here <laughs> they can read off the team names if they'd like i can cast the papers that's all i'm doing i'm I, reading off the team i names. mean that's all i'm doing as well i might give some analysis but like we're going to start in 4a sectional four at concord we're going to call this the pen invitational 
Uh, number one, Penn, 31 and one. They are the number one team in the state, not just the number one team in the class, the number one team in the state. Got to feel for Goshen. And they drew Go- Goshen drew <laughs> in the first match. Just really tough. That starts Thursday at 5.30. Uh, second match tonight, Warsaw Elkhart. That'll be a fun match. 20, 21 and 10, Elkhart, 18 and, three, or 18 and 13, Warsaw. Uh, they follow Goshen Penn. Uh, then in the semifinals Saturday morning, Concord plays the Penn Goshen winner. Concord had a nice season, but they're going to play Penn. And yeah. Uh, Northridge 15 and 15 draws the Warsaw Elkhart winner. If I were a betting man, I would guess Penn Warsaw is the final there. Penn Warsaw championship match Saturday, 7 p.m., all over at Concord High School. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Penn. That's it. That's my today, analysis. Today is October 13th, right? Yes. Okay, thank all you. This is, all this is Thursday, Saturday. Just want to uh, all con- this is Thursday, confirm spinach. It's been a wild week. All oh, this is Thursday. Anyway, Saturday. I'll uh, talk about some Class 3A, Sectional 21. This one's going to be at Lakeland High School. We might be able to call this one the Northwood Invitational. So, Yeah, 28-2. and two. That's fair to say, I would say. Pretty good. Ranked fifth in the 3A poll. Yep. Yeah, First match, got West Noble against Tippecanoe Valley. West Noble, 6-22, and 22, kind of struggling a little bit against 18 and 10. Remember, remember when West Noble won their first two matches and I said like on the podcast like, "Yeah, hey, mate, West Noble 2 and 0." And then they've It was gone, a kiss of death for they've you. They've gone 4 and 22 since. So That's yeah. tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Yes. Match 2 is also tomorrow night. It follows that one. Number 5 Northwood, like we just said, 28 and 2 versus yes. Lakeland, who are, is 9 and 18 this season. That'll be at 7:30. Northwood beat Lakeland last week 3-0 and it was like 25-10, 25-10, 25-10. Like not all 10, but like it was something like that. So So, so I guess you can expect that to happen I would, again. I would put my money on the Panthers money. Definitely. And then uh, Saturday at 11 a.m., Jimtown, 13-14, will play the winner of West Noble to Bikini Valley. And then after that game, Wawasee, who's had a pretty solid season at 21-10, and 10, will play the winner of match two, which will likely be Northwood. And Northwood Wawasee played last week, too. It was 3-0 Northwood, but the scores were closer. Maybe Wawasee, they're going to get up to that. They get the whole week off. They get the whole, I'm, I'm assuming they're preparing for Northwood. So that could be trap match, trap game potentially. Mm-hmm. I still wouldn't pick Northwood to lose, but if they're going to lose one in this sectional, it's to Wabasee on that Saturday morning. Right. Or afternoon, technically, but still. And then championship match is going to be Saturday night, which, you know, should be it should be Northwood Wabasee because those are the best teams, but they have to play each other in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. So they're I would all- say Northwood. Probably Tippy. Tippy, yeah. And Northwood beat Tippy pretty easily earlier this year. So this is a Northwood sectional lose, basically. Yes, pretty much. Fair. So uh, over in 2A, this sectional could be interesting, at least in the final. Um, first matchup on Thursday night, 6 o'clock, Central Noble, 2-25. and 25. They're struggling against Westview, 8-20. and 20. Uh, Westview has – they were kind of bad earlier this year. They've figured it out maybe a little bit. Uh, second match that night, Churubusco, 13-15 and 15 against Eastside, who's 8-16. and 16. Uh, that follows them Thursday night at approximately 7.30. Saturday, Fairfield, 18-10. and 10. They are the two-time defending sectional champ, two-time defending regional champ, two-time defending semi-state runner-up. It's just made the semi-state. Um, they're 18-10. and 10. They will play the winner of Central Noble Westview, so they have a, I would say they have a good chance to win that match and get to the final. And on the other side, Prairie Heights, 23-7, and 7, will play the winner of Churubusco Eastside. So if this does not get to a Prairie Heights Fairfield final, an upset will have occurred. Will have occurred. It will be a shocker. Will, uh, Fairfield Fairfield beat Prairie Heights soundly in the regular season 3-0, but 
Perry Heights just beat Fairfield in the NECC tournament this past weekend in a three-set. It was a three-set match. Perry Heights won two to one. So, you know, I still think Fairfield will win because this is what they do. They get to this point and they just win. Like, maybe defying a lot of logic to do it, but they do. Um, but Prairie Heights has that win over them. It was last weekend. Maybe there's some momentum for the for the Panthers. Uh, but Fairfield has the players that are they're ready for this moment, right? Like they're going to have the experience. They just underestimated Prairie Heights probably, right? It's also the NECC tournament. Because if you sweep them and then you're like, oh, we got this. And, and then it's also the NECC tournament, so you're playing best of three. So maybe if that goes five sets, maybe Fairfield rallies and wins or like – you know, you never know, but right. but Perry Heights is definitely capable of beating them. Like this is not a foregone conclusion like it was last year, where I was like, "Yep, Fairfield's going to win." So um, that could be interesting. Just gonna just gonna say that. Just gonna put it out there. It could be interesting. I'm still gonna take Fairfield, but you never know. You never know. All right, take us home with the one A brackets. One A sectional fifty one. This one will be at Fort Wayne Blackhawk Christian. This is the I don't know who's going to win this one because I don't really follow any of these teams except Bethany bracket. I know this is the I know Hamilton won't win this one bracket. Dude, why why does Hamilton even bother putting sports out there? I don't know. They just don't they, have a shot at I anything think, they play. I think there's more people in this room that than go to Hamilton High School at this point. And I'm not kidding. Like Is it like a military school? No, it's not even a military school. And their name is the Marines, that's why it's confusing. Yes. Okay, match one. Blackhawk Christian, nineteen eleven this year. They'll face Fremont at eight and sixteen. That'll be Thursday at six o'clock. Match two, later that night, Bethany Christian, 10-20, versus Elkhart Christian, 18-10. and 10. Yep. ECA just beat Bethany 3-1 to one last week. Yeah. So, ECA, they're, play, they're playing well. That makes Beth, sense. I mean, Bethany could win it. I wouldn't be stunned, but ECA's definitely got the momentum. So Yeah, Bethany's played a lot of good teams close. Mm-hmm. You know, their uh, schedule is pretty tough. So, maybe the, maybe the record isn't quite what it says it is mm-hmm. You know, in that regard. But match three, somehow, you know, Owen 14 Hamilton gets the bye. Mm-hmm. You know, right. they'll, they'll, yep. pl- they'll play the winner of uh, Blackhawk Christian in Fremont on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And match four is Lakewood yep. Park Christian, 19-7, and they'll play the winner of match so, two. So congrats, Blackhawk Christian, on advancing to the sectional yeah. final. <laughs> yeah. <know>? So <laughs> Exactly. Championship that night, Saturday night at 7. Yep. So. Should be a fun week. I'm, you know, a lot of my attention goes to Northwood in 3A, Fairfield in 2A at this point. I'm not counting on any of our teams beating Penn, and that's no offense to any of our teams, but Penn is just... 31-1. Yeah. You said they're number one in the state. So number one in the state. What are you going to do? And I don't know if Bethany got a tough draw. Like, if they beat Elkhart Christian, then they got to play Lakewood Park, and then Blackhawks having a good season, too. So, like, you know, I would say I'm investing my mental assets into at Lakeland and at Central Mobile this week. So Yes. Uh, let's football. do let's do a quick week nine football preview. Last week, last week of the regular season. Goshen last week week eight. Goshen mm-hmm. got their first NLC win in four years. Now they're about to get their second, maybe. They might beat Wallace this week, um, but there's really only one game on the schedule that matters. No offense to anybody else, and it's a big game. Warsaw at Concord, number nine in Class Six A. Warsaw going to number seven Five A. Concord seven and one. Each team, 6-0 also in the NLC, playing for the outright NLC championship at the Jake. Should be a big-time matchup. Contrast of styles. Concord loves to throw the ball. Warsaw wants to run it down your with throat that with the triple option. The wishbone offense, whatever you want to call it. When was the last time Concord won the NLC? I believe it was 2015. Okay. Out like They they have always been kind of in contention, and but they have never like really won it. They want to – maybe they got a share in, ni- in 19 – 
That sounds right. Maybe a share with Plymouth in 19. But to win it outright, it's been since 15. This gets you a trophy at least, right? Because it doesn't do anything else. Right. Right. It's more than bragging rights. We get we right. get a trophy. We get some hardware. And because it's winner take all, like there's not like, oh, you can share it still. You know? Right. This is it. This is for all the marbles. Um, Concord, I mentioned, they'd like to throw the ball. It's great. What? I just uh, love, love that saying. The oh. cupboard the cupboard will be full once you win this game. Full of marbles. Yes, full yeah. of marbles and a trophy. <laughs> um, Hunter Dutton for Concord. Um, 1,600 passing yards, 21 touchdowns. Pretty good. Um, but really, their best player at this point, Zavin Koltukian. I Looking up his numbers, it was like just eye-popping. 74 tackles total, 23 for loss this year. That's like a third of his tackles for loss. Like, yep. How many sacks? 13 and a half. Leads the state. 13 and a half sacks to eight games. Now, he might not get that many this year because Warsaw, or this week, because Warsaw wants to run the triple option. And, you know, but they had like nine sacks against Northridge last week. It's absurd. Catch that man in action one day at he, the, he, at the next had, level. He had a Central Michigan offer from this early in the summer. So, you know, I think he had Ball State maybe giving him some love. And I got to check in on that recruiting. He's good. Toledo. Toledo. Maybe Western Rockets. Michigan. Hey, Notre Dame, man. They need pass rushers, right? Yeah, he'd be a walk-on at yeah, Notre Dame. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, they took Jack Kaiser from Pioneer. I mean, look at that. So you know, fair. Just saying. He hasn't done much this year, though. Jack J- Kaiser. J D Bertrand on the other end. I know J D Bertrand. He's the man. Um, so yeah, uh, Concord Warsaw. Man, that's gonna be fun. I'm actually excited for you to be at that one because that's gonna be a good game. You're excited for me to be at that. I'm excited for you. I will be flying to New Orleans, and so I'll be excited for. Actually, that's I'll exciting. In, I'll be in New Orleans. You're going to go to Florida LSU on Saturday? I'm thinking about it. Baton Rouge? Really thinking about it. 11 a.m. game, wedding's at 5, so... Watch my Gators lose to a bad LSU team? Yep. It's It's, fine. It's tempting. It really is (laughs) tempting. Um, So, yeah, that is kind of a recap of the week. Uh, Let's get to Athlete of the Week. We kind of teased it earlier. Uh, with the name pronunciation? With a resounding resounding victory in the fan vote, too. Like, shout-out Northridge... When Northridge Cross Country runners are nominated for Athlete of the Week, those voters turn out and they win. Uh, Temi Bayless, junior at Northridge High School, is this week's Athlete of the Week. Uh, she won the sectional championship, like we said, in 24 seconds with a time of 19.30. And Northridge won its third straight sectional championship as a team in the process. Uh, so congratulations, Temi. And the Athlete of the Week is sponsored by our friends at Play It Against Sports. Hey, Evan, Tyler, Patrick, you may never outgrow your favorite sports, but you may outgrow your equipment. Your locally owned Play It Against Sports provides an easy way to sell your quality used sports and fitness gear and get paid on the spot or trade up for what you need now. Not only will you save with affordable used gear, but they also supply the latest new equipment and accessories from the most popular brands. Visit our local Play It Against Sports store located right in front of the Concord Mall in the Elkhart Dunlap area. You might have drove past it coming down here. Uh, for the best deals on sports equipment, Play It Against Sports is the proud presenting sponsor of the Goshen News Athlete of the Week. There you go. That's an ad read, folks. That was good. Clean, next crisp. Week, to next the week, point. I get to do it, right? I get to do it next yeah, week. Yeah, I was going to have you do it this week, but then uh, you know you were like just getting off a plane, so I was going to subject you know your. I don't know, man. I feel like I've done pretty solid so far on this podcast. Yeah. Just saying. You fine getting there. It's about to go downhill because these guys now are going to smoke yeah. me on the Notre Dame talk. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> right, fun. guys. Let's talk some Notre Dame. Patrick and Tyler, thank you for patiently waiting by. And I, we enjoyed the cupboard talk. That was enjoyable. Um, that'll be clipped at the end of the year, I'm sure. So, uh, cupboard talk. Okay. I wanted to get a couple of Notre Dame beat reporters in here. 
you know, as a former Notre Dame beat reporter, you know, I'm just not as in tune with the team, my analysis. So I needed Evan and Patrick and Tyler to be in here to uh, to chat it up. We'll we'll start with uh, we'll start with Tyler. We'll go this way. We'll start with our guests first. You make we'll, me go last. <laughs> you make you go last. We'll decide this first question. Tough facts to follow. First over question. Yeah. Just, just for this first question, okay? Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, uh, Tyler, if you had one word to describe the first six games of Notre Dame season. Uh, what would it be and why? I actually had a couple, but I'll, I'll stick with one because wow. I had a couple because I didn't know what order we were going in. Oh. So I'm glad I'm going first ah. so I can go with You my... power ranked the words you wanted to Because I don't know. These guys could have chosen one of the same words as me. Ah. I feel like we're all on similar wavelengths, you yes. know. So yes. I'm going to go with chaotic. Chaotic. Just because, I mean, from the very first game, it was kind of chaos, right? It uh-huh. looks like Notre Dame has that game at Florida State in hand. Next thing you know... It's in overtime, and Jonathan Doerr is having to kick a game winner. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the Toledo game, it's like, okay, Notre Dame's going to beat Toledo by two, three touchdowns. Next Mm -hmm. thing you know, it's a tight game, and Tyler Buckner is taking snaps at quarterback, which absolutely foreshadowed what was going to be happening the rest of the season. (laughs) Tyler Buckner just played most of the game at Virginia Tech, you know, Mm -hmm. less than a week ago as we're sitting here. So from Florida State to what happened at Virginia Tech – Everything that's happened at the quarterback position has been utter chaos, honestly. I mean, Notre Dame has used three different quarterbacks mm-hmm. in meaningful situations, all three of them. Yeah. Defensively, it looked like it was going to be a mess, but it's kind of turned around. Mm-hmm. There were some lapses against Virginia Tech, so I think that's been pretty chaotic as well. Yeah. All in all, for this team to be 5-1, and one, yeah. and, and if these guys don't use the other word I was going to use, circle back around to me because I want to <laughs> say what else this season has been. <laughs> So yeah. I guess I'll let Patrick talk, and then maybe we'll get back to me. I, my word would be stupid, but uh, yes. Patrick, it works, too. Yeah. Patrick, Patrick, you got a word? Yes, word? I do. I'm going to go with zany. Zany. Wow. That's a that's for, a Northwestern <laughs> PhD right there. <laughs> Flexing his master's zany. degree. Wow. <laughs> master, for a lot of the same of reasons words. Yeah. Uh, Tyler said there. I mean, you just have no idea what to expect in any given week. And right. maybe my backup word here would be it's nothing if not Entertaining, which if you're a Notre Dame fan, that entertainment in sometimes takes the form of frustration where you're pulling your hair out mm-hmm. or uh, running the liquor cabinet. I, I don't know, but <laughs> cupboard, the cupboard, yeah, the cupboard. Liquor yeah, cupboard. Yeah, yes. running the liquor cupboard. I, I yes. feel like this this pie, this discussion here should get some kind of sponsorship from a plumber, or not a plumber, but a, um, a plumber, uh, a uh, carpenter, a carpenter. Yeah, there you go. There's, there's yeah. some opportunity here. I, I will say, what the is the two, plumber going to do with the cupboard? The, yeah. the two, <laughs> hopefully, he doesn't need to look at the cupboard. The, the two true road games they have played this year at Florida State at Vatech have just been bonkers. Like, make no sense. Stupid things happen. Like craziness like all that all wrapped into like and two of the better like road environments you know for teams so like that's also played into it too i think uh evan one word to describe notre dame i mean my word's not nearly as my word isn't going to be nearly as cool as their words (laughs) but it's it's simple but it's lucky like they're lucky to be sitting where they are top 15 team five and one Mm -hmm. if you look at the whole course of the season florida state they had that game in hand but Florida State, they come back, you know, at the end of the game. They could have easily won that, you yeah. know. I mean, I'm surprised if, they didn't. They did, if they didn't ice their own kicker, they might have won the game. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so. so that could have been a loss to a really bad team. I mean, Florida State beat North Carolina this weekend, so they're looking a little better. They have a couple wins, but that would have been a terrible loss for them. Mm-hmm. Toledo, 
they had they had the lead, and if Notre Dame doesn't put it together on offense on that right. last drive of the game, they lose to Toledo. Jack Cohn doesn't pop his finger back into place on the yeah. final drive. Like maybe yeah. they don't win. Like exactly. You know? And I mean, even Wisconsin. You look at Wisconsin. They, they obviously they blew them out in the fourth quarter. But if Tyree doesn't return that kickoff return, and they have to rely on the offense to mm-hmm. score against that good Wisconsin defense. Who knows then either? Right. So in the Virginia Tech game, going, to, I mean, they're down eight points, under four minutes to go. Right. So the fact that this team is five and one with everything that's been going on, I mean, if I'm a Notre Dame fan, I take that for sure. Yeah, they're still in. You know, I'm not saying they're in playoff contention. They, if some things happen, maybe they get to the playoff. But the year six ball is still in play, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, so we kind of mentioned there's three quarterbacks all playing right now, and so I'm going to ask each one of you to make a case for why this guy should be the starter going your hair on out and so we're gonna st- I, I picked these guys specifically for each of you because um of your of your status as notre dame reporters so patrick you are the elder statesman of the three of the people in the room um covering notre dame being since you've covered them since march of 2020 you are by far the longest tenured notre dame football reporter make the case for graduate senior jack cone to be the starting quarterback yeah i think it really comes down to what you saw in those last couple drives against Virginia Tech, and even Mm -hmm. though this is going back a while ago, what you saw him able to do against Florida State, where he's Mm -hmm. got four touchdowns and only nine incompletions. And even though I think you saw some good things from the offensive line in the run game for the first time this year, they actually outrushed their opponent. Mm -hmm. 192 rushing yards if you get rid of sacks against Virginia Tech. Is that an outlier, or is that an actual sign of things to come with if they're going to run the ball. I don't know that we know yet. Yeah. All that's to say you're going to have to throw the ball and going to have to be a passing-centric or at least pass-first offense, maybe not as unbalanced as we've seen it at times, mm-hmm. to win some games. And Cone, I think, gives you the most consistency there mm-hmm. as a passer. And I guess, I don't know if I want to say upside is the right word, but steadiness, I guess. But right. Like there's again, like there's like less risk. Yes, he's a safe bet. Almost. He's not gonna have a, a second half like Buckner, where the the accuracy just kind of escapes him. Mm-hmm. Pine, I mean, maybe that's he's a, a decent passer, but I don't know. We've really seen quite enough there yet, and mm-hmm. you, you would think something's not quite there in practice. Where if he goes and sparks the offense against Cincinnati and then doesn't play at mm-hmm. all against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. So just in terms of what this has to look like for them to win games mm-hmm. and what the remaining six pass defenses on the schedule look like, they're not very good. To, mm-hmm. to, that's the gist of it. Right, right. <laughs> As are none of the teams are particularly good on, on the schedule. But I think that caters well into what Cone can do. And if, again, if the offensive line is – if what we saw, the growth in them on uh, against Virginia Tech is what's to come, they pass block pretty well, and Cone needs that. And I think we saw what he can do when given that cleaner mm-hmm. production. I mean, it's it's pretty wild to see a guy do a Nate Peterman impression in one game <laughs> and then come back in the same game yeah. and it look like Tom Brady. Like, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it doesn't – you don't yeah. see that very often, but he – I definitely think it speaks to his attitude and yeah. mindset of just not yeah. – wanting to quit on this and this being his last shot. But overall, yes, this Mm -hmm. team's going to need to throw the ball, and I think he gives you the safest projection there if you wanted to look at what's going to happen over the course of six games. But then again, trying to predict Notre Dame and and feel confident about what's going to happen at QB for Notre Dame is like 
as good mm-hmm. an idea as thinking you're going to walk out of Vegas with enough money to buy a new car. Yeah. Yeah. Ian, Ian Book ain't walking through that door, man. <laughs> that, like, people ragged on Ian Book, but at least he, like, you knew what you were getting with him, and he was pretty consistent, and, like, he got better for the most part as time went on. Like, you know, this is, like, chaotic, you know, so. Nice word. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice word. Thank you. What was your second word? Mystifying, by Mystifying. The way. Oh, wow. For, that's another fancy word. That's for a like, lot of the same reasons that Evan said yeah. that Notre Dame is lucky though Just, yeah. it, it's kind of mystifying that Notre Dame sitting here at 5-1 and one, top 15 yeah. team in the country given what's happened mesmerizing what's worth on the, the lucky part the two games they easily could have lost in Virginia Tech and Toledo post game win expectancy high high 90% Notre mm-hmm. Dame but then again it's that's not to say like oh you know fluke whatever but I mean they made enough stupid mistakes to almost lose games all the numbers and box scores that they mm-hmm. should have won so yeah. yep. this is where we are and Evan, lucky to not be there Evan uh, as the second longest tenured guy on the beat was really you f- beat Tyler by like three months I think <laughs> three months <laughs> I, don't um, even, I don't even think maybe that. a little more the than mi- that I the middle man the middle man of Notre you covered the spring I did so you Tyler yeah. wasn't here for the spring I believe he was so out. you're the middle man of this he was still in Mississippi at that point I think. Was. You're, you're the yeah. you're the middleman of the three of you. So t- you got Drew to cover Pine the college the, world series. That's pretty cool. That yeah. is cool. Well, actually, I left right before that. Ah. So Notre Dame, I, I was Notre I was Dame Mississippi was State's bad luck charm. I've co- I've covered a college world series in okay. nineteen and they lost. Mistake. Gotcha. And then gotcha. they beat Notre Dame in the super regional. I leave. Notre Dame should have won. They could have. Those they probably should have. Two really good teams. The first game. The Notre Dame should have hosted. That's what would have changed it. Yes. Notre Dame should have been like, yeah, they shouldn't have had to go there. Exactly. Yeah. That place is nuts to like try to play on the road there. I know. The and hardest in environment regional. in college baseball. Not, yeah. even, anyway, not even close. Evan, make the case for Drew Pine to be starting It's really hard to make a case for Drew Pine after, uh, you know, <laughs> Pat over here just made the perfect case for Jack Cohn. <laughs> I mean, if you look at Jack Cohn, he's got the experience, the size, the arm. It would make sense, especially if the offensive line performs like they should. It would make sense for him to be the starting quarterback. But hypothetically... If Drew Pine is the quarterback, I mean, you you look at him, don't you kind of see a little bit of Ian Book in him? He's Ian Book light. It's you know? insane. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I guess you could possibly, with his size, see some Baker Mayfield, see some Drew Brees in him with the way he can. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but he gets it done. But he can he can escape. You know, Jack Cohn cannot really escape. You know, if he, <laughs> Drew Pine has some feet. He hasn't really showed it in the box score. But if he needs to make plays outside of the pocket, he can. Mm-hmm. So I've been impressed with that. Hasn't really made any mistakes. And he played the two games he played in, Wisconsin-Cincinnati, you know, on paper, probably the, maybe the two best teams they've played. I know Wisconsin's not really playing great. Right. But, but they are the second best team Notre Dame has Virginia played. Tech and Wisconsin, they're close. Probably, right. probably Virginia Tech gets the slight edge. I would have loved to see what Pine could have done against Virginia Tech, but I was, shockingly, a lot of people would have. He didn't, didn't get any playing yeah, time. Yeah, everyone on Twitter was like, "Where's Drew Pine?" He like <laughs> they like threw Buckner out there and just like threw him to the wolves and said, "Here, throw the ball around, see what you can do." I mean, he ran pretty well as well, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, he just seems like a smart kid. I mean, he's been he has the most experience in the uh, in this system. He played under he played with Ian Book last year, and that probably helped him a lot. You know, getting that experience. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes for the most part. He hasn't thrown any interceptions. The fumble, I mean, the fumble, you know, a forced fumble against Wisconsin, that's not really his fault, getting hit from behind. But, I mean, if they were to go to him, I think they'd be just fine, especially with, like like he talked about, Patrick, the schedule that they have left. If he was a starting quarterback moving forward, they could still win all six games with him, mm-hmm. under center, in my opinion. Yeah. So, 
Tyler. And, and especially with Cone not going to be here next year, why not give you know, yeah. give Pine the chance to get comfortable and have him have the spot you know, going into next year. I know Buckner's really talented, and he could easily win it over Drew Pine, but at the same time, who knows? So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, uh, that that's, my, that's my Drew Pine um, analysis. I thought, I thought you were done, and then he kept on going, so I felt awkward. <laughs> uh, no, I'm done. Tyler, Tyler Horka, as the freshman of the Notre Dame beats, you get to talk about freshman Tyler Buckner. Why should he be starting a quarterback for Notre Dame right now? I'll start right where Evan left off. I mean, Tyler Buckner is probably the future of this right. program. If you look at what Notre Dame has right now, mm-hmm. it's probably Tyler Buckner. I think a Drew Pine, Tyler Buckner offseason quarterback competition would be really intriguing because I think they're both solid options for Notre Dame in 2022. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's a reason that Brian Kelly went to Buckner instead of Pine in the Virginia Tech game, right? It, it, it looks like he favors Buckner a little right. bit. Maybe Buckner can do a little bit more than Pine can. I mean, he's the most dynamic quarterback on this roster for sure. I actually did. Here's a shameless plug. I did an article this week (laughs) tallying up Notre Dame's running back statistics with each quarterback in the game. Mm -hmm. And just the running backs alone, this isn't even factoring in Tyler Buckner's 167 rushing yards, which is second on the team. This is only the the running backs. They average 5.2 yards per carry with Buckner in the game, Mm -hmm. 3.8 with Pine, 3.2 with Cone. So the entire offense gets a boost when Tyler Buckner is in the game. Opens up running lanes because you have to account for Buckner and what he can do with his legs. We've seen it every single game that he's played, even against Purdue, where he got less than 10 snaps. You look at that 20-yard rush that he had when Notre Dame was backed up basically to its own goal line just before halftime. Notre Dame was winning 10-3. to Purdue's thinking, okay, we're going to get the ball back around midfield and we're going to go tie the game at halftime. This is going to be a totally different game. Mm-hmm. Buckner runs for 20 yards, gets them out of there. Time comes off the clock. Purdue doesn't have time to even get a field goal at the end of the half. So right. he just moves the ball. Um, and I would say maybe he got the you know bad game out of the way in terms of throwing the ball. He just threw two interceptions. <laughs> He's a true freshman. Yeah, Maybe that, you know, that's him cleansing his palate a little bit. Welcome to college football. You're going to throw picks. Yeah. Maybe if you start him the rest of the way, he doesn't do that. Welcome to Lane Stadium at night. Right. You know, like, not also didn't help his cause, you know. I know Lane Stadium isn't what it used to be, like, after you do Enter Sandman, but, like, it's still a Well, Patrick can attest that it was probably pretty crazy. It was loud. Yeah. It was, but it's dampened when a lot of times the home team goes down and yeah, on their own like and the, quiets the crowd by playing poorly. The best, but that thing, wasn't the case here. Right, VT was in, in it the whole way, obviously, and winning. So like, yeah, good luck. I think I heard Brian Kelly say something to the effect of like, yeah, like we just wanted to ride. Like since he did so well when he first came in, like they just wanted to ride him, and then he struggled, so they brought Cone back in. But like, I was surprised they didn't go to Pine. It's like, well, Cone already struggled. Like, I wonder what gave him that confidence to put Cone in. And then Cone scored eleven points, you know, on two drives, and Kevin Austin's head like got holy totally pulled back and he still made the two-point catch like that was insane um yeah i don't know speaking of two points virginia tech head coach fuente man made some boneheaded decisions in that department that's for sure because i mean if they i you're up seven on that last one right don't you go for two to try to make a two possession I mean, they could still get the two-point conversion, Notre Dame, if they go down. Yeah, but if and you give score. up, but then if you give up a touchdown, and even before that, like there but, was a penalty, right? And they still went for two, and it was twenty-two, twenty-one. Isn't that what happened? Right, right. That's what so it's like, what do you do there? Do you think maybe you just kick the extra point, or what, do you think it was a I, smart move to go for two I think you trust from the seven-yard line or whatever it was? In that know. case, no. 
Yeah. I think it's a smart decision they, to they kick the extra. You're talking yeah. about the touchdown. To yeah. Go up when th- they were ahead by. It was point. 28. It made the touchdown made it 28 21 right. pending yeah. the extra. I'm talking point, about right. the one before that. Yeah, I would. I would have. Oh, uh, to I, make yeah. it like to go up 23 21. 24 to 21 to make it a field goal game. Yeah, I would have. I would have done. Yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. But okay. that, that was going with the penalty though, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, I mean, the penalty screws it up, which is just like you can't do that there. Yeah. <laughs> Your right. home stadium, you take that like ugh, brutal. Uh, but initially lining up to. Go for two. Yeah, that was the right call. Yeah, yeah. But that, it just got ruined by a boneheaded play in mm-hmm. the first moment. That's why I was I like I th- I like the two point conversion from the two, but I'm saying, do you still go for two after that penalty? No. Yeah. No. Probably you just not. Can't, just just too don't far commit back. that penalty. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we talked a lot about the offense. Let's shift to the defensive side. Uh, much maligned in the first couple of weeks, giving up huge plays to Toledo and Florida State, um, but. Maybe they've turned the corner. Uh, Patrick, do you want to maybe give your analysis of the defense here the last couple of weeks? And we'll go to Tyler and then Evan. Sorry, Evan, you're bringing up the, the – Mine will be the wheel. shortest. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, uh, well, how would you assess Notre Dame's defense, I guess, at this point? Yeah, I think it's it's turned into a, a pretty reliable unit. I don't know if I'd go quite toward dominant yet, although there have been stretches of that in games. I mean, it's – up to the point now where it's a top 15 unit and a lot of the, the advanced numbers and 15th and F plus, which you go and, and that's kind of a combination of the two main, you know, advanced and, and predictive numbers out there. But yeah, you've seen it cut down on a lot of the explosive plays. I mean, I actually ran the numbers on this the other day where 10 total plays of uh, 20 plus yards allowed in the first two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then in the last four They've allowed 15 total, so that goes from that's what five, five play to 3.75. That's good. None of them have been the big 60 yarders. It really bit them in the first couple games. You see some tackling things come up a couple times a games where it's like, all right, there's a big tackle that you got to make there. Uh, this mm-hmm. last one being Cam Hart in the open field uh, early in the game, and then Bo Bauer mm-hmm. uh, just kind of taking a bad angle and putting himself out of position. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia Tech's last touchdown. But yeah, that was bad. You've seen. A defensive line that I think we thought was the strength of the defense, if not the strength of the team, get pretty consistent pressure. Even if the sack numbers are a little low there, it's pressure rate, and it's it's basically been pressuring the QB once every third drop back. You like to see that. Mm-hmm. Secondary, you still think, all right, you know, it can get prodded a little bit with uh, some downfield throws, even if they're not 60-plus yards. But I think if you were to – take the season that Cam Hart has given them so far. If you were, if you were to like outline it, what would happen so far in the preseason where he's a, a reliable starter at corner, a guy who's been able to get his hands on the ball, uh, allow under half the balls thrown his way to be completed, and you like the physicality he brings in the run game, uh, mostly that missed tackle notwithstanding. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been an encouraging, a uh, really encouraging sign for them. So, yeah, o- overall I think it's gotten to the dependable part it was even if there have been a couple of times where it's like you just got to get a stop in a big moment mm-hmm. and it hasn't quite happened but on third down uh they've been really really good lately virginia tech poked them there a little bit but that's been more the exception and then in the red zone really really good about you know bending on drive that gets there but not breaking and, and allowing a touchdown right tyler is that what you're kind of feeling about the defense at this point like just they're improving. I mean, obviously, I think they are improving. It couldn't really get much worse in the first two games, I think. So how would you kind of assess where they're at on that side of the ball right now? Yeah, I think it's definitely important to look at 
what they were after those first two games and what everyone thought they were going to be mm-hmm. the the final ten. Yeah. Really, in the four games since then, they've kind of stabilized, and that's what you were looking for. So mm-hmm. maybe you can just point to those first two and say, you know, first two games in a new system under a new defensive coordinator, things are going to happen. Obviously, you're on the road at Florida State in a hostile environment. I know Florida State's not very good. Evan, right. Evan laid that out, but <laughs> they, they got they got up for that game for mm-hmm. sure, and they had playmakers making plays. So mm-hmm. I think that said more about just that game and not so much about the Notre Dame defense because yeah. the Notre Dame defense has had, and I talked about it on our podcast earlier this well, week too, well, another shameless podcast. plug. There's only, one, there's only one podcast in the world, Sars. Um, if we would have known you've already been on a podcast, we would yeah, not have invited you, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, sorry. I'm just shameless plugging shameless all, shameless all over the place. Wow. Give your Twitter handle at the end while you're at it, man. I mean, Jeez. we probably will, actually. Yeah, give your Twitter handle. <laughs> we will. We'll be like, hey, follow these guys. H-O-R-K. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I the Notre Dame defense has had great individual performances right. from a lot of players. Kyle Hamilton, obviously, I he's think. All-American. Like, just give it to him already. You yeah. know, like, he's, he's absurd. Great. Top he's, five pick maybe in the draft. I mean, the interception he made at Florida State, me being there in that press box mm-hmm. and watching him run across the field. He was and, at the feather. I mean, I, I turned to Patrick <laughs> and I was like, there's, there's no way he stayed in bounds, right? Because there's, like, a lot of commotion. And I saw he took – when he took his helmet off, I actually thought, like, that was oh, frustration. Man, he, he's mad at himself. Yeah. He didn't yeah. make the play. And then I was like, oh, wait, he actually did pick mm-hmm. that off? Mm-hmm. He's been great. Uh, I think Cam Hart has really come into his own at corner. You'd like to see Clarence Lewis play a little better. But, I mean, I grew up in Big 12 country. So, <laughs> I'm used to watching defenses just get gashed by the same thing over and over again. I mean, watch the, the Red River showdown this past – yeah. Uh, weekend. I'm, I'm a Texas grad, so I watched Oklahoma oh, just Rest in peace. run yeah. up and down the field on Texas. And awesome thank you. You're, you're not going to see that against this Notre Dame defense. It's sound enough in every at every phase mm-hmm. to where you know, like Patrick said, the defensive line is playing well. The secondary is probably better than we thought it was going to be at the start of the season because there were some holes there, and I think you know, especially since those first two games, that you know, back end has held up pretty nicely. So. All in all, I mean, this defense has kept this team in a few games, right? Because the offense has sputtered so much, so you really can't ask for much more. Yeah. Um, Evan, maybe, like, similar question, but, like, you know, there was a lot of hype coming in about Marcus Freeman, and, you know, he's from Cincinnati. So you're asking me a different question now. Is that what's happening? No. It's the same question. It's about the defense, but, like, did we maybe have too high of expectations because of what Marcus Freeman was at Cincinnati? And, like, did we, like – I don't think – I don't think it? there was any high expectations for the defense coming into the season. I mean, did I, you guys I think there was there high expectations? Freeman, coming? Freeman was a hot commodity. Like he was. I mean, like, I, I he think he's a, head, a great like, defensive people coordinator. People thought he should have been a head coach, and he comes to Notre Dame as defensive coordinator. It was like, like that move is good. Like yeah, the fact think, that they got I him is good. I think, and I mean, I'm more. Of, I'm not a fan necessarily of Notre Dame, but like as the casual observer, like I kind of had like higher expectations. Like not that the defense was bad. I mean, Clark Lee was awesome as defensive coordinator, but like. Wow, they got Marcus Freeman. Like that's a heck, of, heck of a replacement. If you're gonna get a replacement for Clark Lee, like Marcus Freeman is like the top choice, and so the defense should be right there or better. And they like weren't the first couple weeks. So do you think that maybe affected perceptions or in like like now? Do you do we think I mean, that maybe they've kind of just it just needed the time to settle in? Like you know, I mean, you know how everybody likes to overreact about everything. Oh my yeah. gosh, Marcus Freeman is so terrible after two games. Right, that's an issue. But he was so great coming in too. But so, like you, you said. Know. You know, it's first year, new system. All these players have to learn the new system. And that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And not only is was it a new system, but 
I mean, a lot of these players haven't had, you know, a bunch of experience. Like, a lot of these players that are getting plugged in, like the fact that guys like Isaiah Foskey on the defensive line, J.D. Bertrand at linebackers doing fantastic, Cam Hart, like they've mentioned, in the secondary. Those three guys didn't have a ton of playing experience, like meaningful right. playing experience before the season, and they're all contributing, all playing well. And I think that's that's the biggest part in my mind. And also – like you said, getting comfortable because the first couple games you could tell they weren't playing as hard as they should because they're thinking more than they're playing because they're still trying to figure out the system. Mm -hmm. But now you can tell they're comfortable. They're playing well. They're still going to give up some plays here and there, obviously. But you can tell this defense is not the same defense that it was mm -hmm. the first two, three weeks of the season. Yeah. So um, We have to cut a question for some time constraints. I apologize, gentlemen. Or quickly, quickly. Or we're going to just talk more about cupboards. Yes, yeah, more cupboards. <laughs> Quickly, one player who could surprise second half of the season, Tyler. I'll make it short and sweet. Tariq Bracey, he just got his first INT of his career against yes. Virginia Tech. Notre Dame might play a lot of dime the rest of the way because they're playing some pretty prolific quarterbacks. So look for Tariq Bracey. Patrick. I'm going to go with Joe Alt. I think we, we saw him make his first career start at left tackle mm -hmm. at Virginia Tech. Yeah. He held up pretty well after a, a tough first drive. I mean, so Notre Dame has a freshman starting at left tackle, right. like it thought in August. Like we all expect Just yep. a different guy, but it looks like that might be uh, yeah. something that they found there as far as stability and an answer at an important spot where they and have I, and flexibility. I think, I think if he gets hurt, you're next on the depth chart, right? <laughs> I might be. You yeah. might be. I got to start chugging some protein shakes here, going full Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> Evan, one player who could maybe surprise. Um, if he's healthy, the tight end. Bowman, who's been dealing with an injury, mm -hmm. if he can come because he had a great he had a great uh, fall camp. So if he can come back and play, I think he can really contribute, especially, especially with Mayor's been up. dealing yeah. with injuries. So if he can come back, I could see him having a decent second half of the season if he gets some playing time. Mm -hmm. um, Houston Griffith, right? What what, ha what happened to that guy? He hasn't <laughs> he hasn't done much this year at all. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe he might start making some plays in the second half of the season as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll kind of go through this one, last one quickly, too. So we, we've talked about Notre Dame. There's 5-1, ranked 14th. Their last six games after this bye week, USC, North Carolina, Navy, all at home, at Virginia, Georgia Tech at home, at Stanford. On paper, they're going to be favored in all six of these games. If this team finishes 11-1, will they make a New Year's six game? And then what are kind of maybe your just general expectations? Um, we'll start with... Evan, how about that? We'll start with Evan. If they win out, are they playing in the Peach Bowl come yeah, just, that was January 1st? That's December 31st, so they play the Peach it's Bowl. kind of a ludicrous game. question, I feel like. So we're 11-1, and one, where they're ranked right now, being Notre Dame. There's no way in hell that they don't get hey, a New York New Year's Six. God is watching. No way in heck that <laughs> uh, they don't get into a now, New Year's Six game. Now, do you think they're going to finish 11-1? and one? Will they lose another game? And why was I right two weeks ago when I said Georgia Tech might be their hardest game left? Well, here's the problem. <laughs> like we have, we've watched Notre Dame play these last six games, right? You never, you just don't know. They could have, they could have lost two or three games that they ended up winning. So it's really hard to predict, especially with the way college football has been this year. It's like Georgia a bust, you know, across the country at this point. Yeah, but uh, at Stanford, yeah, yeah, yeah. at Stanford, this week. at Stanford, could, Stanford yeah. beat Oregon at home. Stanford, that could be something. It's a, it's a, rivalry, it's a rivalry game. Playing for a trophy. Georgia Tech's looked good against a couple teams. So if they have, if they, if they pick them on a bad day, you know who knows? They could give them some issues. And even USC or UNC, you know, they're having bad seasons, but they 
both teams have the talent to give Notre Dame problems. Mm-hmm. But I don't see them losing to Virginia or Navy. So, I mean, yeah. they could go 11-1. They could go 9-3. and We'll see. Patrick. I mean, if they go 11-1, and I think we're agreeing they're going to go to a New Year's 6 game, right? So yeah, that's, that was a dumb question, right? Absolutely. But I wrote it anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Do you think they lose another game this year? I think they're going to go 5-1 and one down the stretch, and not because there's some really, really hard game coming here. I mean, there's one team with a winning record right now left on the schedule and a lot of shaky defenses that are good fuel for a mediocre offense and unpredictable mm-hmm. offense to do enough. But I can't really pinpoint where that loss might be. I think the toughest game is actually going to be at Virginia. But it doesn't really matter as much who's on the schedule as much as it is like you just have no idea what you're getting yeah. from the offense and from the quarterback position on a given week and like it just doesn't feel aesthetically or statistically sustainable in six games like no matter who that's against I mean okay if UConn was on the schedule six times like all right I think they could get by UConn six <laughs> really? games in a row. Shocking. Just by about, playing this game. What about, what about UMass? I mean, okay, yeah, uh, I think if you throw UConn yeah, and UMass on there, one. what a barn burner that was, yeah. by the way. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, this game of, like, QB darts, like, it just, at some point, you know, you're good. Like, they've, to get to 5-1, and one, and Evan's word of lucky was on point with this, was you've hit, you've played this game of darts where you've hit the bullseye enough, mm-hmm. and the times where you've hit the the uh, what what do you call it? The the plaster wall below yeah. the dartboard yeah. haven't cost you too often. Mm-hmm. Like is is that sustainable all year? I don't. I mean, it just feels like there's one game where it, it, it this isn't even opponent dictated where you keep throwing your darts because you have no idea what this looks like. I don't even know if Brian Kelly has a real handle of what to expect on a weekly basis. Yeah, and they all whiff on the board and hit the floor, and you score 10 points, and that's 10 points is enough to lose a game to a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Tyler, do they uh, – what are your thoughts? How do you think this plays out the last six weeks of the season? I think it's more likely that what Patrick just described happens twice. Like, they lay two duds than it is wow. Notre Dame goes 6-0, and even with this schedule looking the way it does. Mm-hmm. Six very winnable games, but, I mean, we'll go back to what Evan said. It's just been so – Lucky that Notre Dame is five and one right now. I mean, could have lost to Florida State. Probably yeah. should have lost to Toledo. Probably should have lost to Virginia Tech if Cohn doesn't come in and look like a completely different quarterback <laughs> right. than he did in the first four or from, five from drives. Nate Peterman to Tom Brady. Yeah, right? yeah, it's crazy. So I think I'm going to split the the difference there and say Notre Dame goes five and one again. Mm-hmm. Two two stretches of five and one to finish ten and two in this regular season. All things considered, I think Notre Dame would have signed up for that. Brian Kelly probably takes that. I know everyone's like, this is Notre Dame. We want to go to the college football playoff Mm -hmm. because it would have been the third year in four years that Notre Dame gets there. But given what we've seen, this is not a a playoff team. Mm -hmm. So to be sitting there with 10 regular season wins, a chance to win 11 games if you win your bowl game, I think Notre Dame takes that. And, yeah, I think I'm predicting a 10-2 and finish for Notre Dame. One word answers here. If they finish ten and two, and like let's say everything else plays out normal, like Georgia wins the SEC, I don't know whoever wins the Big Ten, whatever. Ten and two, Notre Dame. Do they make the New Year's Six? Yes or no? One word. Yes. Patrick. I go with yes. Tyler. No. 
Okay, good. You're good. You're going to play Contrarian. We're going to play this audio back if they go 500. Are they going to go stretch. like the uh, Camping World Bowl or whatever now, it is in now Orlando? If, yeah. <laughs> any, any worse down the stretch, they're definitely not probably going to a near six. So, uh, gentlemen, Patrick and Tyler, thank you for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciated your insights and make us smarter, make us sound smarter now. I'm going to pull all of your facts and stuff and use them to talk to people when they ask I don't know, me man. About. I feel pretty good because they, they both used my illustration a couple they times. They really liked so your I don't know. Word. I really I'm must just saying Zany right. never came back in the discussion. So, uh, <laughs> hey, how but, smart do I really look when I first thought a plumber was the person yeah. you should endorse for, for talking about cupboards? cupboards. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Goshen um, Carpenters, hit up this podcast. They're, yeah. they're for a sponsorship at, deal. At Patrick is. Angle underscore. That's right. And then TB Horka, H-O-R-K-A. Find them on Twitter at BGI News, both Blue and Gold Illustrated News. Um, it's in Patrick's Twitter handle. I think it might be in Tyler's Twitter or bio, not handle, bio. Um, I knew what I was talking about. Uh, that will wrap up this edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. Once again, thank you, Patrick and Tyler, for joining us. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap another busy week in sports, maybe do a little Notre Dame USC preview, uh, and we'll be talking about everything and anything going on. Girls basketball practice, by the way, starts Monday. Woo, here it's it almost comes. my favorite time of year. Here it comes. High school winter. Indiana basketball. High school girls basketball winter. It starts, it starts my day. We'll be not talking about basketball, I think. Uh, but we'll talk about a lot of other things. So make sure to tune in next week for that.